I appreciate all of you being there. We're going to get two testimonies. Uh, Walter, who I never thought was Walter last night. He was there. I go, who is that man? And so we got Walter, Ramad. Let's give him a hand as they come this morning. Yeah, no, uh, last night, matter of fact, all of yesterday was amazing, you know, thankful for the Hampton Church invited us out to go over and, you know, be able to outreach with them and do the concert for them, and the outreach itself was great, and, you know, in general, you know, I could feel God's presence really around us, because, you know, me and the teams, we were going house house, we were part of, you know, Team One, led by Curtis over there, great leader over there, you know, so, you know, door to door, people listening, like, people really actually open, you know, you don't see that a lot when you're going door to door, but people were, like, really wanting to hear what's going on, they're like, what are these kids talking about? We're like, yeah, yo, it's a concert, I promise you, like, a con- at a church, I'm like, yeah, I don't even know. You know, it's, it's just fun talks. It's fun, you know, t- you know, spats God love and, you know, tell them about something that they don't usually see. You know, they don't really see, like, churches putting on, like, stuff like this. Concert. They don't, like, see, like, teens out here really putting stuff out for the churches. You know, something that's really good for them, you know. So, yeah, I had a great time. You know, Walter, he has something to say as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, it was a great day yesterday. Um, as far as the outreach, people people were open. People were uh, open to listening to what we had to say. And, um so yeah, that was good. And as far as the concert, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was very. I felt the energy last night. I felt like I felt like God moving in my heart, and just the energy and the spiritual energy and just everything. It was just like amazing. And you know, I was just I definitely thank God for having the opportunity to do that. And um, I'll just say, um, if God's moving on you and He's telling you to do something or He's calling you to do something, I'll just like. Put your trust in him and just follow what he's telling you to do because, you know, things that happen and, you know, you never know, you know, whether it be preaching, rapping, I mean, musical like stuff, drums, piano, anything like that. I mean, if God's calling you to do it, I would recommend it because you can reach people and it'll definitely change your life as well. It'll definitely fill your heart too. So. Says I'm on. There we go. If you got your Bibles, Genesis 4. You appreciate all of you coming this morning, being here, your faithfulness. Genesis 4. You know, Michigan and Ohio might now be known for their football rivalry, but the two states were nearly went to war for a border dispute. The argument began in 1803 when the newly Foreign state of Ohio took ownership of a sliver of land containing the town of Toledo. Michigan Territory later disputed Ohio's claim on this Toledo Strip in the 1930s, launching a heated debate that teetered on the edge of violence for several weeks. In what became known as Toledo War, both sides wrestled with political control of the territory, both sides raised a militia uh, to defend against possible invasion uh, by the other. So this was a heated thing, amen. This was, uh, I mean, this Ukraine and Russia, at the, you know, at this moment, uh, ready to go at it. But in 1935, uh, uh, amen, a compromise, uh, actually President Andrew Jackson had to step in. A compromise was settled uh, and all the tempers 
settled. But in our text, uh, we're going to read about Cain's anger. And Cain wouldn't listen to God. Uh, nothing is settled, and it costs everybody dearly. Let's read our story. Start Genesis 4, starting verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. She bore again, uh, this time his, uh, his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, and Cain was a tiller of the ground. The process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering uh, through the ground to the Lord, and Abel brought uh, the firstborn of the flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel, and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and uh, his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your countenance fallen? Uh, if you do well, uh, you will be accepted. If you, do, if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and it desires for you, but you should rule over it. Verse 8. Now Cain talked to Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against uh, Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed with, uh, from the earth, uh, uh, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. Verse 12. Uh, when, he, when you till the ground, it shall no longer yield strength Yield this string to you, a fugitive and a vagabond shall you be on the earth. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking you this morning, God, to bless this word. God, I pray your spirit, God, would be here. God, minister to every heart. I bind anger. I break his power this morning. God, the spirit that's captured our generation, the young people, God, the older people like, uh, I break his power. God, I'm asking for your favors. I preach this this morning. Uh, God, let us always respond to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to look at the danger of anger this morning. I look first to the godly family, the godly family. Just one chapter earlier, Eve had been deceived by Satan. You know the story? She took of the fruit of the tree of knowledge, good and evil, gave it to her husband. They're judged, they're driven out of the garden. God graciously helps them start a new life. Uh, they're in the will of God to the best they can be. Their marriage is good again. Uh, they have relationships. He's having babies. Uh, and at this time, Cain and Abel are young men. At uh, the time of our text, they both have a job. Uh, Abel is the, uh, you know, the, the shepherd boy. Cain is the tiller of the ground. They both know God uh, to some degree because they both bring an offering uh, to the Lord, so it's a pretty solid family. Both Adam and Eve have done well. They're not bitter, they're not rebellious, but they've learned, uh, 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 you know, through grace uh, from their failures. So they've, you know, they got the family back in the will of God again. They're moving uh, in the will of God one more time. Our text gives the impression that this was a godly family. Cain and Abel knew. Uh, uh, amen. Uh, uh, you know, Cain and Abel knew to bring an offering to the Lord. That means they watched their parents do this. How many of the children learned from the parents? So they, they knew they had a revelation. Listen, we need to present ourselves before God, we need to bring an offering. They did this. So uh, the family had to have some godly roots here. You know, as parents, our greatest responsibility is to serve God ourselves, uh, do the will of God. 
be involved in what God is doing and teach our children to do likewise. That's the greatest thing a parent can do. Uh, I'm going to be involved and I'm going to show my children how to do this. Deuteronomy 6, God says to Israel, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and these words which I have commanded you shall be in your heart. You shall teach your children diligently likewise. So uh, God tell them, listen, get it in you. Uh, uh, be involved, be a servant, and teach your children the same. It goes on to say, listen, uh, every opportunity you have uh, to teach your children do that. You read a text. In other words, it's saying your children see, should see Jesus all over you. When they see you, they should see the glory of God somewhere in your life. They should, my dad, my mom, man, they're serving God. Look at them. That should be the language of children. Our text gives us the impression that this is what is happening. You know, have you ever wondered why bad things happen to good families, good people? Look at our text. In one day, in one moment, their world shattered. Cain, the older brother, kills Abel, the younger brother. Now, I can't imagine the pain, the anguish, uh, trying to process all this. I mean, think about one day, you're, the, the day before, man, you're having... Uh, dinner around the table, however they did it back then. They're rejoicing, talking to each other. Uh, what did you do today? They're telling stories. And all of a sudden, it's all gone. They're trying to process what happened. Uh, uh, how could Cain have done this? What did Abel do? They're trying to uh, maybe blame each other even a little bit. They're trying to process this. Imagine one day, no more family dinner, no more sitting around the campfire at night, talking, no more family reunions, uh, it's all gone. So why do bad things happen to good people? One, we live in a fallen world. Every boy, girl, man, and woman have a free will. Look at our text here. uh, Cain is uh, upset. God steps in, speaks to Cain, uh, tells Cain to repent, and things will work out. And that's what sermons are all about, right? While we come to church, God can speak to us and hopefully settle the argument. Uh, so, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desires for you, but you should rule over it. Uh, God tells Cain, I know you're angry, but it isn't the end of the world. Listen, if you do right, this is the past, tomorrow's a different day. Uh, you just need to repent. Just do right. We know Cain doesn't listen to God, and we end up with a shattered family. Too many times that happens today. Listen, children, you need to listen to your parents. Young adults said the best thing you can do is learn to listen to mom and dad. I wish I would have learned some lessons from my mom and dad. I wish I would have listened to them as 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 a young man. My dad tried to Give me some direction. My mom tried to speak some wisdom. I wish I'd listened. Uh, Ephesians 6, children, obey your parents in the Lord, which for this is right. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with promise, that you may be well or may be well with you, and you shall live a long life on the earth. I mean, what, what a reason to obey mom and dad. It's going to be well with you, and you're going to have a long life uh, Listen, that's a good promise, young people. That's a good promise, children. Amen. Imagine how life would have been different if Cain would just listen to his parents. When he got angry, his father Adam would say to him, uh, let it go. 
You can't act like that. Go pray to the Lord. Uh, his mother would say, uh, he's your brother, forgive him, go pray about it. That would be the advice, I'm sure, of a mother and a father. Cain and Abel probably many times told him that uh, uh, through life. Cain, listen, uh, it's Abel, he, he does silly things, forgive him, let it go. Children, young people, if you don't listen to your parents, you never learn to listen to God. Listen, the rewards are worth it. The Bible says, obey your parents uh, and, live, have, and live, let it be well and live long on the earth. You know, Satan, the devil, the demonic, they hate the godly family. You understand the devil hates a godly family. Family, uh, more than anything, represents the will of God. A good godly family. Look at Genesis 1. Then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the over the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse twenty-seven. So God created man in His own image. He, uh, in the image of God, He created him male and female. He created them. Then God said, Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing on the earth. So a godly family, husband and wife, loving each other, having children, uh, doing the will of God, nothing better. There's nothing better than seeing a family. Uh, I mean, we've all seen it. The mom and dad, the children, uh, the hand of God, they just say, man, that's powerful. That's a wonderful thing. Listen, when you're walking through the market, uh, that's such a needed thing today to see mom and dad, children, uh, uh, loving each other, caring about each other. I'm telling you, when the world sees that, there's an impact. Because there's nothing greater, because this is God's design. Uh, Adam and Eve, uh, be fruitful, have dominion, teach your children that. Uh, nothing greater than that in life. How many know the devil takes aim at the family? It seems like every generation has their own thing. I remember uh, my dad's generation, uh, and even my generation, the 60s, 70s, uh, seemed to be like uh, sex, drug, and rock and roll. That, that was the target of our, that generation. This generation seemed to be anger. I mean, think about all the road rage stories. Almost every time you read the paper, it's like uh, a road rage. Somebody died, stray bullet, family, uh, uh, disaster because of rage. Our young people today are being targeted by anger. I mean, all these mass killings in school. These children, for some reason, uh, uh, it's an anger that's building in them. I mean, they, what possessed them to take a weapon to school and start firing on uh, their other peers? I think, I think it's a spirit of anger. Look, secondly, the danger of anger. Anger will have you doing things that you, never, that you would never do under normal circumstances. When you get angry and you do something, many times you wouldn't ever do that in normal circumstances. Cain and Abel are brothers. Think about it. They spent time together, birthdays, sports, school. Uh, I mean, they're the only ones. They spent time together. No doubt there's a love uh, they share between each other. Uh, uh, amen. But one day Cain gets angry and kills his brother. There's nothing normal about that. I mean, he just beat him up, give him a good slap down. Brother, big brothers do sometimes. But he, his anger is so bad, he kills his younger brother. Verse 5 gives us some insight to this anger. 
It says, but God did not respect Cain and his offering. So not only did God not respect his offering, but the Bible said God didn't respect Cain. This word respect means adoration uh, for someone usually for doing something uh, good or living the right way. So Cain's spiritual life was not admirable. Not only was Cain's offering wrong, uh, but he had no righteousness or no repentance about his life. Look at verse 7. If you do well, you will be uh, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at the door and this desires for you, but you should rule over it. Uh, Cain had no righteousness or no repentance. I mean, this is God talking to him. He's mad. Uh, he's made a horrible mistake. God, uh, God's trying to uh, talk to him before this. He doesn't listen to God. Anger birthed out of sin always destroys things. How many stories have we heard today? Somebody gets angry, a father or a husband gets angry, beats the wife, beats the kids. Uh, or some, It's always horrible. You know, anger is not a sin. We all get angry. Come on. Don't look at me like that. God even gets angry. It's, it's what we do with that anger. Look at verse 6. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, you will, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire will be for you, but you should rule over it. It's like God said, okay, you're angry, repent, move on. Okay, you got angry, you got cut off. Uh, somebody uh, mouths something at you, say, okay, you're angry, get over it and go on. Come on, if we, if we kill every, you know, if we kill somebody every time we get angry, <laughs> There's going to be nobody left in the world. He said, okay, you're, you're angry, move on. Unrepentant anger always leads to much worse things. Look at verse 11. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive Nevadron shall you be on the earth. Listen, Cain went from being a beloved son, a brother, a farmer, to curse, fugitive, and vagabond. Look at the damage it did here. This word curse, fugitive, and vagabond uh, could be say, said this way, evil, afflicted, wonder, having no long-term roots. Uh, came, left that day. Uh, I mean, think about one day. All, I mean, he's a beloved brother, a son. Uh, I mean, uh, got an intact family. The next day, uh, I mean, everything's cut off. His whole life is destroyed. He's destroyed other people's lives. Uh, he's a wonder now. He's an evil man. Uh, he's a vagabond. He's never going to have any roots in life. And, I mean, what a horrible thing. Next time you get angry and refuse to repent, think about what things could be. I have a right to be angry. Who said that? Jonah, right? I mean, he, I, I mean, I couldn't imagine talking to God. I have a right to be angry. I, I'm mad for a reason. Well, if God deals with you, there's no reason to be mad. Amen. You give it up. See, deception is I can be angry, act out my anger, say anything I want, treat people horrible, and nothing's ever going to happen. And people do that a lot. I mean, they say things that just hurt people, act certain ways that just violate everything about human decency, uh, and they just think, I get away with it. 
I can treat people whatever I want, say whatever I want, uh, but that's not true. Look at verse 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? What have you done? God sees this stuff. And God holds him accountable, and God holds you and I accountable, uh, uh, amen, for anger and for how you treat people. You know, be encouraged, though, if you're the one being mistreated, God hears the voice of the innocent. Like I said, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So lastly, God's restoration. Then I'm going to pray for these people. You know, maybe you're the victim of anger. Maybe you're the angry person. But through repentance, God restores life and family. God's restora- God restores life. God has a a destiny, a plan for every man and woman, but this has to be dealt with. If you have anger, if you're a uh, man, have this thing boiling in, you have to deal with this thing. Look at verse 4, chapter 4, verse 25. It said, Adam knew his wife again, and she bore his son and named his name Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me uh, instead of uh, Abel, whom Cain killed, and as for Seth, to him was uh, a son was born, and his name is Enosh. Uh, and then men begin to call on the name of the Lord again. Look what's happening here. The ro- first, God restores the marriage. It says, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son, uh, and named his name Seth. They're restored again. And listen, I know there's damage done. There's, uh, but listen, through repentance and through. Uh, just getting your heart right with God, things can be worked through. And that's what's happened here. They've worked through. God's blessed the marriage again. Uh, the marriage has relationship again. They've, she birthed Seth. Uh, the name Seth means anointed, appointed, and replacement. In other words, God replaced the past with an appointed anointing. There's joy, there's hope, there's peace, happiness back in the home. Uh, I mean... It's what's worse supposed to be. Not only do they have life back in home, but revival breaks out in the world. The Bible said that men begin to call on the name of the Lord again. Uh, God restores. Listen, there's life after anger if you repent uh, and get it out. And God can bless and God can restore. That's what we're seeing here. You know, maybe you're thinking too much damage has been done. Now, anger does a lot of damage. I've seen anger hurt a lot of people, a lot of families. But maybe you think so much, too much damage has been done. There can never be peace, joy, and love back in this home. Think about how the damage in Adam and Eve's life in their home for a moment. One son is murdered, and the other son is a murderer. You're not going to get much worse than that. I mean, the damage, I mean, I can't even imagine how much damage is in that home? So how do they move on? One, they've remembered God again. Listen, you've got to get God back involved one more time. Look at verse 5, verse 1. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed him and called them mankind uh, in the day they were created. Uh, this is Adam writing this. He got his mind back on the things of God again. He's writing, uh, uh, he's, you know, giving us revelation of God. Uh, 
again, uh, they've worked through all the anger, all the, the destruction, all the, and they got their minds back on God again. Adam's writing again of God's glory and God's power. And two, they buried the past. So says, Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. After he begot Seth, the days of Adam were 800 years, and he began to have sons and daughters. All the days of Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Think about this. Before Seth, 130 years. After Seth, 800 years, filled with sons and daughters. What this is saying, God can make the latter greater than the former. Once you repent, once you get anger out of the way, uh, it's dealt with repentance. Listen, God can come in uh, and do such a miracle in your life where you don't even remember the old anymore. I mean, think about this, 800 years, uh, sons and daughters everywhere. I mean, a new life, a new uh, grace of God on your life. And listen, that happened with Adam and Eve. That can happen with you today. Let me ask you, do you need to repent from some anger? Let's get real for a minute. Husbands, listen, you can't get angry about everything. Husbands have uh, maybe the pressures of life, maybe other things, but anger seems to grab a hold, grab a hold of the husband and they take it out on the wife, the children. Listen, uh, you got to deal with that. You got to repent. Wives, uh, I've seen wives get just snap. I mean, just speak things to their husbands, speak things to their children. Just, I mean, where did that come from? Do you have an anger problem? Do you need to repent this morning? Listen to these statistics. 12,000 people murdered last year in the U.S. from gun violence. Now, these are just people upset. There's, the number's a lot bigger, other things, but... 12,000 people murdered from somebody mad. Somebody anger, angry, pulled their gun out and shot somebody over anger. Think about these 12,000 people. These are families. These are homes that are now destroyed. In the past 10 years, road rage has went up 500%. I mean, you know, I've cut somebody off by accident. I mean, I'm like, hey, sorry, man. I'm looking to see if they're moving their hand down here, you know. But, I mean, you've seen it, I'm sure, just 500%. This tells me there's a spirit of anger in the world today. 4,828 young people, ages 10 to 24, are victims of homicide. An average of 13 people a day because of anger. Juveniles under 18 were 13.7% of all violent crimes arrests and 22.5% of all property crime arrests. 784 juveniles were arrested for murder last year. 2,198 juveniles were arrested for forcible rape. 35,001 juveniles were arrested for aggravated assault. Uh, listen, young people, you got to deal with your anger. And if Cain would just listen to God, Cain's a young man, think about it. Uh, young man, probably in his early 20s, and 
he's mad. Something happened between him and his brother. Some things happened. Uh, uh, you know, God tries to help him. He doesn't deal with it. We know the outcome. Don't let that be you. Learn to listen to mom and dad. Learn to listen to God and bring repentance. Don't let your anger ruin your life. I know people today, personal friends of mine, their lives are ruined because of anger. If the husband or wife, uh, anger just blew the whole family up. And some of these families aren't even together today, but the root of it was anger. And tell you, this is what we're dealing with in our generation. I've never seen anger the way it is today. Rage and anger, I mean, just, shoot, it's, it's right there. Listen, don't be a king. Don't run everything because you're angry. Let God restore life, bring hope, joy, and peace in your home again because he can. Adam, Adam and Eve simply buried the past, get their minds back on God again, and everything just flourished. And that's what some of you need this morning. You need a, a new life. Repent from anger. Let God breathe on you one more time. Let me close here. Godly families is what, what is needed. And the thing that turns them upside down is unrepented anger. Think about the power of anger here. It has the power to destroy a family. To turn this family into something it should never be. And two, the danger of anger will have you doing things that you never do in normal setting. You, know, you get mad, blow up, and all of a sudden you hurt your children or something. You'd never do that in normal setting. Think about how powerful this spirit is. Third, you have to let God restore. Let's bow our heads. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The sermon was birthed just out of reading the news and different things, just seeing the, just the power of anger today. 